him. And we'll get to that in a minute, all right? But think about the things that, that call you to patience, ultimately, that push your buttons a little bit, that kind of ruffle your feathers, okay? Now, I think this is a great point for us as we begin to kind of break down this idea of patience, okay? Because when we look at patience in the New Testament, there's actually two types of patience that are there, okay? And so you're going to learn a little Greek this morning, okay? And so the first one is this. We have this word called macrothumia, okay? Say that with me, macrothumia, all right? Now, the idea behind macrothumia is this. It means long-suffering or being patient with others, okay? So whoever that other might be, it's a call to being patient with others, okay? So you know the, the list we mentioned, right? Including God, like patient with others. Now, we don't use this word long-suffering very often in our everyday language. Like, how are you? Well, I've been sitting in long-suffering. Oh, have you? Well, that's great, right? We don't use long-suffering a lot, but here's what long-suffering means. It means bearing problems or annoying behavior patiently, right? That's long-suffering. Bearing problems or annoying behavior patiently. Now, we have this other Greek word that we see in the New Testament, hupomone. All right, hupo monet. Now, if you, oh, look at there, you did get the line above the E. Man, rock star. All right, so there's a line above the E, right? So it's a long E, but there's the thing. Okay, this is what this says. The quality which does not surrender to circumstances or succumb under trial. Okay, and it can mean remaining under trial, whether it might be possibly hoping for better things. Okay, so that has to do with your circumstances, but this macrothumia has to do with others and how we relate to them with our patience, okay? So when we go back to Galatians 5.22 and Paul's writing there, which one is he using? He's using the macrothumia, okay? So our patience towards others. So in other words, he's saying in this list of the fruit of the Spirit, he's saying you then are to have a short fuse towards others, uh, excuse me, a long fuse towards others, right? You need to dismiss the short fuse, okay? You need to be patient with those around you. Now, I want to give you a couple different scriptures that also have to do with this idea of macrothumia. So as he's writing this out, okay? So Ephesians 4.2 says this. It says, therefore, I, the prisoner for the Lord. Now, I being Paul that's writing this, okay? He says, I urge you to walk worthy of the calling you have received with all humility and gentleness and with patience. Now, when you go to the Greek, macrothumia is there, okay? So with macrothumia, accepting one another in love. You see, it's patience with one another and how we treat one another, okay? Diligently keeping the unity of the Spirit with the peace that binds us. Now, another one is Colossians 3.12. Therefore, God's chosen ones, holy and loved, Put on, right? Like clothe yourself in these things, heartfelt compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Macrothumia, accepting one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a complaint against another. You see? And so it's that idea of our interaction and relationship with those around us. So as we're growing our patience, we're growing our macrothumia with those around us. Now, there's one more verse that Paul writes, and he uses this in 1 Corinthians 13, when he's talking about love, right? 1 Corinthians 13, known as the love chapter, and he, one of the things that he says is love is patient, right? Love is patient. Guess which one he uses there? 
macrothumia, right? He is patient towards others. So here's the thing. When we see macrothumia, okay, as this quality of love, and then we see it in this list of the fruit of the Spirit, there's a good chance that if it's on both of those lists, guess what? It's also going to be a great characteristic of Jesus himself, right? And so Jesus himself had great patience with those around him. Now, not only those around him, but also he has great patience with you and I on a daily basis. Does he not? He has great macrothumia towards you. Now, think about that for a moment. If he didn't have macrothumia, if he didn't have great patience towards us, and the decisions that we make on a daily basis, I mean, he, in his authority of being God, could easily just say, you know what, I'm I'm just kind of done, right? Like, see ya. But what does he do for us? He gives us this great macrothumia, this great patience, and this love for us. In fact, Psalm 86 kind of gives us this promise, and it says, God himself is slow to anger. Right? He is slow to anger. So, here's the thing. Okay? If it's something that Jesus himself then possesses, as we talk about often, then it may be something that we ourselves desire to grow in our lives. Okay? So this morning, here's, here's kind of how I want to break this down. I want us to talk about two types of, of macrothumia. Okay? Patience towards others, and then patience towards God. Okay? So the first one we're going to go with is patience towards others. So let's start there, okay? So here's the first thing that I kind of want you to grab this morning. Understand, okay, that there will be annoyances in our lives, right? Macrothemia is holding against those annoyances. And so there's going to be annoyances that are going to come, whether it be people, things, situations, something will come up. Like, why would Paul put this in a list if you're never going to use it? right? Like, hey, be patient. A fruit of the Spirit is being patient, but nothing's ever going to come up in your life that you're going to need patience. I can tell you, last night, after trying to get my boys in bed, after a birthday party and being hopped up on sugar, patience is something you need, right? It is a virtue that you need. And so he has this now, and he's saying, look, be patient, okay? There will be things that come up in our life to test, if you will, our patience, okay? So, and multiple times we see Solomon write in the Proverbs. He says, be patient, right? Like, here's a couple examples, okay? Whoever is patient has great understanding. Wow, okay, if I have great understanding and I'm being patient, then that may be something I desire to pursue. Uh, Better is a patient person than a warrior. Wow, okay, there's some great benefit there and some wisdom to being patient, The next one, he says, a person's wisdom yields patience. Now, our wisdom is what? Well, it's our knowledge and our understanding. So as our knowledge and our understanding grow towards a person and how they act and what they do and how they're wired, right? Then in that, our wisdom is growing towards them. So what is also growing? Our patience should be growing towards them, understanding their story and what has basically brought them to who they are today, okay? So... The next one is this, all right? And this is a big one these days, but understand that not everyone is going to agree, right? Understand that not everyone is going to agree because those annoyances or those burdens or those frustrations that come up in our life are often because we don't agree with someone else or that someone else doesn't necessarily agree with us. But here's what patience does for us, okay? It requires us to be patient 
with a several things. All right, I'm going to give you a couple examples here. Other religious beliefs. Like it requires us to be patient with that. It requires us to be uh, patient with other political views, to be patient with those things, to be patient with other views of sexuality. It, it requires us to be patient with others' thoughts of how something can be done, get done, or is processed. Like it requires that from us if we understand that we're not all going to agree. Now, Paul would write that those who are not patient stir up trouble. So I want to ask you this morning, which one are you? Are you patient, right? Or are you the one that's stirring up the trouble because of your impatience, right? Like where does your patience sit? So let's have that virtue of patience towards one another. Now, the third one is this, okay? And we're really going to come back to this in our next section, okay? But understand that God himself has a great patience towards you as well right? Understand that God has a great patience towards you as well. And like I said, we're going to get to that here in the next few minutes, okay? So we've talked about now patience towards others, okay? Understanding those things. Now let's look at patience towards God, all right? Patience towards God, because here's what, here's what can happen. We can find ourselves in this place of we're asking God to do something or for something, and then we find ourselves in this place of impatience going, all right, Lord, when is this thing going to happen? Or when are you going to do this? Right? And then we get anxious and we get frustrated even with the Lord, but he asks us to be what? He asks us to be patient. He asks us to be, have macrothumia towards him as well. Okay, so last week we talked about this idea of hope. Okay, now hope for us as a believer, our patience is kind of fueled, if you will, by hope, right? Like we are being patient because of the hope we have in God himself, in Christ himself. So then we make statements like this, God's got this. Like I don't understand it all, but God's got it, right? Now, I truly believe that God's got it. And I truly believe that he's got a plan and an understanding. But I think sometimes we misinterpret that idea of God's got this because he might be asking us to step into something and we're sitting there in impatience going, I don't know why you hadn't answered me. And he's going, oh, I've answered and I'm asking you to do it, but we don't do it. And then we sit there and go, well, I'm now frustrated and I'm angry with you. And he's like, no, no, I've, I've asked you to do this. Right. So let me give you some examples to kind of test this for a second. Maybe in your own life, okay? So here's one. You're asking God to restore a relationship, but you won't make the move to offer forgiveness or ask for forgiveness, right? Like, I don't know why you're not fixing this relationship. Well, have you made a move to it? I, I don't know. Uh, here's one that, that comes up a lot, okay? You're impatiently wanting to hear from God, but you never crack open your Bible or spend time in prayer. Like, why have I not heard from the Lord in months? Well, when's the last time you sat down with him? I haven't. All right, well, <laughs> that's pretty easy to figure out, right? Or here's one, okay, you're asking God to provide more money, but yet you've, you're yet to be a good steward or manager of the money that you've been given. Or we don't follow what he asks us to do with our money, right? Uh, here's another one. You're asking God to remove perhaps an addiction of some kind, yet you continue to hang with the same people uh, and go to the same places. Like, why, Lord, are you not working in this area? Well, there may be something he's asking us to do that is causing that impatience there in our lives. Or you're praying for your child to grow spiritually, right? But we neglect their responsibility to disciple them at home. 
or you're waiting for a ministry to change, uh, but you refuse to offer time to be a part of the solution to that problem. Or you get frustrated with yourself because you don't fully understand something, but yet you don't spend any time in learning that particular thing. Or maybe you want a better job and you're yet to update your resume or even begin to look and search and find. The list can go on and on, right? But that may be where you are today. So I'm, I'm kind of just, I want to speak into your life for a moment that the Lord may be asking you to do something that you just haven't stepped into and that's causing your impatience and your frustration with Him. All right? So the first one, again, understand that God may have already given you the instruction against your annoyance. Okay, number two. Understand that God is doing something as he asks you to wait. Now, I don't like to wait. You probably don't like to wait, right? Like, I get, I, you know, if, if I have to bake something, like, I'm sitting there looking in the window, ready for it, right? Like, let's eat the cake, okay? But here's the thing. We have created such a microwave culture, right? Like, I need it now. Get it to me now. And God says, no, no, I've got maybe a little bit different timeline, a little bit different plan for you. And I want to give you an example this morning here in Scripture that we see when, when basically Paul is saying, or excuse me, Peter is saying, hey, I've got, the Lord's got a little bit different timeline for you. Okay, so we're going to be in Second Peter chapter 3. Now to give you a little bit of context, okay, there are a group of believers who are saying Jesus will return in our lifetime. Okay, and they're, they're sitting there saying that, and then people are kind of mocking them, going, well, you know what, you said he's going to return, and he hasn't, so where is this God you're talking about? And so they're starting to get discouraged, and so Peter writes Second Peter basically to encourage them and say, look, he is coming in his due time, okay, be patient with him. He's still working, things are still happening, okay, and so in verse 8, he says this, he says, dear friends, don't let this one thing escape you. Okay, one thing. This is what I want you to grab. With the Lord, one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like one day. Now, we can get into an argument. Is that literal or not? I don't know. But here's what I do know, is that God is on a different timeline than us. Right? He's got a different timeline for your life. Each of us individually, he's got a different timeline than even I can put in my mind. He's got a different timeline. And then in verse 9, it says this. It says, the Lord does not delay his promise, as some understand delay. So I can't even fully understand, really, what he's trying to do, but he is patient with you. Guess what word that is? Macrothumia. And not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. Okay? Now look here. He then goes on in, in, that, in that chapter, and he's talking about the new heaven and the new earth and the restoration of how God intended it and what everything's going to look like. And then in verse 14, he says this. He says, therefore, dear friends, while you wait on these things, well, what things? Well, the new heaven, the new earth, the restoration as God intended it, all of those things make every effort to be found at peace with him without spot or blemish. And also regard the patience of our Lord as an opportunity for salvation. Just as our dear brother Paul has written to you according to the wisdom given to him. Now, be patient as you wait. So, here's the thing. In the delay, okay, there's now opportunity, right? Like it's on pause so that there's opportunity. Opportunity for what? Opportunity for restoration, opportunity for repentance, opportunity for salvation. 
right? Like Jesus has delayed his coming so that more will come to know him. You follow that? Right? And so what a beautiful thing that is. And so we sit back and go, well, you know, it would be awesome. Like the world is going to hell in a handbasket. It would be awesome if he would return soon so that I can go to my heavenly home. And he's going, no, no, I'm going to delay that so that more people will come to know me. Sweet. Beautiful. That he's doing something even in his delay. But he's patient with us. All right? Now, the third one is this. Understand that God himself has a great patience towards you as well, right? God has a great patience towards you as well. Now, when God sent his son, right, it was this great invitation, beautiful invitation. All can come to know him. All can come and be in this perfect peace or this shalom that we talked about a couple weeks ago. Like there's an opportunity there for you. But there are some that say, no, I'm going to go my own direction. I'm going to go on my own path That's where I'm headed. And so what does God do? He says, well, I'm going to have patience towards you. Like in that moment, the king could bring his justice and his wrath to that person. Right? But what does he do? He explodes with macrothumia, ultimately, and places his patience towards you and allows you to continue living. Right? He overflows with it. But here's the thing we've got to understand, okay? In the kingdom of God, there is a king, right? And that king has certain ways that he desires things to be done. And by the way, here's the thing. His ways are pure and his ways are good. And his ways lead to life and not death, right? And they bring peace and have brought peace to many since the beginning of time. But here's the thing. Take his patience even a step further. While we were still sinners, what did Christ do? Christ died for us. Right? He died for us. He went to the cross. He chose the cross. And he brought salvation for each of us. But daily, man, what a, what a thing to celebrate. Daily, he brings macrothumia into our lives. And on our lives, he has patience towards us. Now, uh, in, in Paul's letter to Timothy, he writes this, this letter to Timothy, and he's kind of giving, if you will, his, his story, his testimony of his life, and what, what God has done in his life. And he says this in 1 Timothy 1, verse 12. He says, I give thanks to Christ Jesus our Lord, who has strengthened me, because he considered me faithful, appointing me to the ministry, even though I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an arrogant man, right? Like Paul was killing Christians ultimately. But then it says this, it says, but I received mercy because I acted out of ignorance and unbelief and the grace of our Lord Jesus overflowed, right? Along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. And this saying is trustworthy and deserves full acceptance, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I am the worst of them. Like Paul was putting that on himself. I am the worst sinner, but yet Jesus still loves me. And then he says this, but I have received mercy for this reason, so that in me, the worst of them, Christ Jesus may demonstrate his extraordinary patience, his extraordinary macrothumia, 
right? As an example to those who would believe in him for eternal life. Man, he is just pouring it out. This patience for us and our decisions and the life that we live. And then he says, now to the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Now here's the thing. That may be you today and you're like, I'm the worst of sinners. Like, that is my heart. Like, if anybody else in this room knew what I had done, or I tell you what, even if I go before the Lord, man, he's just going to be mad at me. He's going to be frustrated with me. He's going to be angry with me. No, guess what? He has macrothemia that he is just pouring out on you. Patience that he is pouring out on you. And he's saying, no, no, no. Look, I am here so that you may receive life. Now, here's the thing. Maybe you're a follower and believer of Jesus today, and, and patience is something that you need to work on in your life, but maybe it's something that you need to work on in your relationship with the Lord. Maybe it's an opportunity for you today to grow, if you will, that fruit of the Spirit in your life, right? And allow the Holy Spirit to grow that. Like, we're not going to do it on our own. You're not just going to step out on Monday morning tomorrow and say, all right, today I'm being patient with every situation. Guess what's going to happen more than likely? Everything on that day is going to test your patience, right? You got to pray for it. That's exactly right. You got to lay it before the Father and say, look, I, need to, I see that I need to grow in this area. And man, I have found this conviction, honestly, in my life of just with my boys being more patient, understanding that they are only now seven, crazy, seven and ten, right? Like, they don't fully know, but guess what? The Father puts so much patience in and on my life that I should in turn then do that for them. 